Welcome to the Wisconsin Music Podcast. Thanks, Dean. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Wisconsin Music Podcast, episode 105. This week, we're talking with Shuby guitarist Parker Sweeney. Starting out as a solo project in 2017, playing surf rock riffs and jamming on a drum kit stored in a closet in the bedroom of his first apartment, he would write songs between classes and college. After meeting at a birthday party, Ethan and Parker would meet in Ethan's basement, writing and learning music together. After leaving his drum kit at Ethan's, Parker decided to move in and then began the writing of their first EP, You Should Have Been There, which came out in 2018. At an art exhibition Shuby was performing, Ethan and Parker met Leah, who performed before them. Leah approached Shuby after the show and became the third addition to the group. Originally on bass, Leah filled the gaps in the sound. After the release of the EP, Parker met soon to be bass player Nick on campus as Leah switched to lead guitar and Nick assumed his position at bass. The complete lineup of Shuby for the release of A Strange Time to Be Alive in 2019 and their first LP with help of Isaac Lamers on a second drum kit, Gunk, in 2020 was complete. With the recent addition of synth key player Nick, should be prepared for their next release that came out in 2022. This interview happened uh, way back in June of 22. Sorry, Parker, it took such a long time for this episode to come out, but here it is now, and this is a great conversation about what Parker is up to with Shuby, and even um, record pressing as well. So here we go with the conversation with Parker of Shuby. Welcome, Parker, to the Wisconsin Music Podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. So let's uh, dive into your music origin story. How did you get into music? I know your bio talked a little bit about it, but kind of like what first got you into music and kind of led you to where you are today? Um, yeah, I think the uh, the biggest factor, I think, in me getting into music was my oldest brother, uh, Cody. He was constantly kind of like listening to music. It was kind of his identity, like listening to a lot of the uh, punk bands that kind of came and went before his generation, like the Misfits and um stuff like nirvana dead kennedy's you know kind of like your rushmore bands i guess okay and uh yeah no he got me into that he played bass like pretty proficiently just like out of nowhere he kind of seemed like he had a natural um gift for it and i think that's like a thing that i was like oh maybe maybe if i gave it a shot too i could pick it up kind of quickly and that wasn't true at all uh, i <laughs> was really bad at guitar for most of my childhood until I was in high school. And then I really like tried instead of just thinking like, Oh, I can just goof around and eventually things will click. But, but yeah, that was, uh, I think that's the biggest um, driving force is my brother and like just being surrounded by, you know, his music, him playing CDs in the car. So. Excellent. Excellent. So, um, so when did you graduate from high school? Uh, that was 2015. Okay. Yeah. So we're seven years past high school and you're doing this project Shuby with Ethan, um, who is, who is there, uh, and Leah, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So how did you guys all get together, uh, with Nick? Um, well, so yeah, I met Ethan at a birthday party, his brother's birthday party, kind of by chance. And then Ethan and I were two piece for a while. And then, um, by chance, we bump into Leah, who who performed at an art gallery the same day as we did, and um, 
that she noticed we needed a bass player. So asked if um, we needed one and we're kind of like, yeah, sure. <laughs> um, and then, so that was kind of like a chance run. And, and I met Leah like a couple days or weeks prior at, uh, she worked at Top Spins, a record store in Appleton. Um, but yeah, it just kind of like, we just kept on bumping into cool musicians. And then uh, one day at musical rehearsal, because I did theater in college, um, Nick came in, he was just delivering a sandwich for his girlfriend and uh, stickers on your water bottle and we exchanged information. And then, uh, yeah, I asked him to play bass or guitar, lead guitar. And then uh, he's like, I'm not good at guitar. So we're like, oh, well, we'll move Leah to lead guitar and you on bass. And we didn't know how great Leah was at guitar. So that was kind of a happy surprise. Okay, cool. But yeah, all chance. <laughs> Sometimes that's the way it happens. Yeah. Um, and then your drummer, is is that Isaac? Um, That's Ethan, but Isaac was the original drummer. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. And so 2017 was the solo project. Then you guys yeah. got to the duo thing. Now you're a full group. Was this like during like the pandemic, coming out of the pandemic that kind of started becoming more solidified? Um. I would say probably just like right before, I think, because at first it was solo and then I had two other members, Logan and Isaac, but they we weren't really like a solid band quite yet. And then they left and then Ethan, I met Ethan and then all that happened. And then right when we released, I think um, A Strange Time to Be Alive would be like our first like, okay, this is the lineup. It was it was Leah, Nick, Ethan, and I on that EP. And it was like, okay, that's the lineup. This is what Shuby is. And we then started writing our first full length, which was Gunk. Um, but then COVID happened. So that kind of put a speed bump in everything. Right, right. Right before the pandemic, you guys are basically now solidified as a group. So what happened during the pandemic did you guys do more writing did you take a break what kind of happened during that time um yeah well i was into at the end of 2019 i was really i started writing um the the first like full length i guess and um we started kind of like peppering in some of the songs we had a few of them kind of worked out and then covid happened um so we all kind of uh, of course took our breaks and at the same time it was you know my senior year of college so me and Ethan both were kind of graduating or finishing up school at the same time so uh we kind of all took a step back to like finish online classes obviously we can't meet up I kept writing as much as I could tweaking things but then by the time things got a little better and we could start you know distant practicing like in a big basement with like masks on and stuff we're like okay we'll start doing that and make sure everybody's safe and all that and then eventually it got it got to a point where it wasn't unheard of to kind of get together a little bit so then we started recording and then we recorded the first album and put it out um kind of at the tail end of the first wave i guess you can call of covid but um yeah we 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 kept active as much as you could um, without doing the whole like remote, uh, like jamming and stuff. I, I, 
I like computers and stuff and I'm good with technology, but I just don't want to coordinate that. <laughs> right. Yeah. When you guys did Gunk, which was released at the end of 2020, what did you guys do to create that album? Was it done in someone's basement? Did you go to a studio? Kind of give us an idea how that worked. We've always been a big proponent of the idea that like the live show is typically better than the recording. Um, just for the sake that we we just like putting on a fun show, an energetic one. Um, but I've always been like, well, why can't we just do it live, like record it live, um, you know, live. Right. But um, still capture that energy. And so what we've been doing for the past uh, couple of releases, so Gunk and this uh, most recent one, um, is that we'll play all the instruments live together and then overdub like vocals or like any fixing parts. So our first go at it was with Gunk and it was in um, our now keyboardist's basement. Uh, and we just, we practiced there. We'd meet there every week and we just kept on practicing this album front to back. And then eventually we're like, well, let's not move anything. Let's just have Isaac, our ex-drummer and also kind of now our, um, our audio engineer he uh we just had him come over we hooked up some mics we got it to sound good enough you know because it's yeah. hard in those situations sometimes to isolate but we made it as good as we could and then we just fired off and we recorded it in like a i think it was two days there are 10 songs on this album now when you did this did you do it like a concert where you just went one after the other or did you like do a couple, listen back, redo some of them that need to be redone, or kind of what would you do? How did you do that? Yeah, it was still kind of. Uh, if only we were that good to just like run through it once and <laughs> call it good. But yeah, there was a, like immediately after recording a song, we listen back to it, be like, should we do it again? Should we go? Could we just add another part to it and make it a little better and like fix parts instead of deleting the whole thing? So we would like kind of. Um, you know, in pace, kind of do our whole like judicial service of figuring out which song needs to be redone or touched up or added to. Um, but yeah, so that's we we didn't we did not run through it. I wish we could have. But gotcha, cool. Yeah, I it's just I think it's cool for the listener, especially musicians out there, hearing different ways of people putting out you know content. Were you able to perform out live with any of this stuff, or did the pandemic kind of shoot that down and you haven't been able to get back out there yet um the pandemic shot that that album in particular didn't get as much like shelf life um as far as live shows go obviously um but we had we during that time we put out a live it was, it's called live at jambalaya and it's just like a video where we play through most of the album and some old songs and that was our kind of way of being like, well, here's what our set would have looked like if we would have been able to play this out. Um, so we did that and that kind of made up for it a bit. But um, yeah, recently we've kind of been sort of peppering him in with our new songs right now. But yeah, they, it didn't really have a, a long stay in the live show. Gotcha. And now that the pandemic has settled down um have you guys been able to book shows for this summer oh yeah um in fact this month we're kind of on our break because the past couple of months have been kind of crazy um so yeah we've been able to book 
a few. In fact, I, I would wager to say it's been more busy than it's ever been, um, which is which is really cool. I think it's like a, a lot of people just wanting to get back into it and people who might not have been super duper uh, involved before realized in that break that, hey, maybe I should be and get things going. So it's really exciting and cool what's happening in like our little area right now. One of the questions I ask is about your view of the local scene attitude, the positives and the struggles. What are kind of some of the positives that you've seen? I think the positives would be the bands that um, stayed together and uh, continued to like work at it and um, are taking music uh, more seriously. It feels like um, not in like a business sort of way, but in a, in a creative sort of way, like, we're hearing and seeing a lot of really unique, awesome music. And in our corner, which is like more of a punk kind of garage indie kind of scene, um, we're just seeing a lot of cool different bands coming up and being created and a lot of insane house shows being put together. So a lot of the positives are just like, it seems more passionate right now and nice. really creative. Um struggles i think one of the only struggles is not being able to book like 10 band shows okay <laughs> because there's like insane like bands coming out of milwaukee and madison and chicago that um are just kind of like i wish we could just book a mega show or have the finances to do like a big old festival but yeah i mean we've done a little bit of stuff like that but yeah. yeah. And yeah. I don't know. It, it, it feels a lot easier post pandemic for whatever reason. Um, and I don't know if that's like weird, if that's not what people are saying, but to me and I feel like for the rest of our band, it's kind of like, it seems like things are just kind of happening and people are into it. Excellent. Excellent. Now your latest release is let me see. Mm -hmm. And um, it says that was recorded at that's Jazz Baby Studios. Is that a commercial studio or is that a private studio or where where was this done? Um, it's a it's a private <clears throat> it's a private studio. It's um Isaac Lamers, the guy who engineered um the record. It's his practice space with his band, The Present Age. Okay. Um. But yeah, it's just kind of like a nice big room where we had enough space to kind of do the same thing as what we did in with Gunk, but uh, a preferably more sterile environment, easier to <laughs> record and separate each other. And so it's one song on Bandcamp. Is there more coming soon or is this just a one shot thing that you have here? Yeah, we um we released the full album on June 9th. Okay. Uh, it was, it, it was slightly unfortunate because I kind of divided the Bandcamp fans and like people who use like streaming services. So a lot of people who pay attention to us on Bandcamp don't know the new album's already out. Um, my computer's motherboard fried and I wasn't able to upload the album files. So now I finally got my computer back and um, I'm getting the mastered files um so newly mastered files back. So those are going to be available for download at the highest quality um, the album's been in. So that's what's going on. Because of the weight, I'm making sure Bandcamp gets the best version of the right, album. Right, right, right. So 
and they are available on like literally everything else right now. We talked about the local scene. We talked about your your new newest recordings uh, and the recording before that. Do you have like a work life balance issue, or do you find that it's not a struggle to balance between your work life and your music life? Um, I guess I've found myself in like a really fortunate position of kind of just seeing it not as like a work-life balance is more of like just a balance of life in a way because I have a fortunate job at a record store and a record label where I essentially just work with music all day um selling it or shipping it or you know discovering new stuffs about it I'm just listening to it all day like I don't even listen to music in my car because I hear it too much gotcha (laughs) but um yeah so my work is music. My play is music at home. I'm, I have a whole, I don't know if this is really being viewed, but like a full records and okay. it's all music all the time. So it's really just uh, picking time to just sit and quiet. So no, I don't really have a problem with balance. Um, I would say not because you're, yeah. you're immersed in it. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about that? that job that you have because it's a record label you said maybe some listeners would be interested in um what your label's about yeah um well of course i'm just a very small piece to it but it it is mainly operated and ran by um the owner adam uh it's called gilead media and it's primarily like a kind of extreme metal um kind of like more abrasive music um and yeah, it, it, basically, I just do all the shipping, but I see a lot of the stuff unfold. I assemble records, um, kind of understand what it takes to get a record pressed and all those things. But uh, yeah, it's just been extremely informative, especially being in a band and wanting to, you know, eventually one day take the music in a more um, serious route. Like, I've always wanted to press a record for the band. Um, yeah. And it wasn't until recently in working with Adam and having him explain to me and give me confidence um, that, you know, we could do it. Granted, it's expensive and it's going to take a while. But um, for this record, we plan on doing it and we're going to submit the order very soon. Um, and all yeah. because of my job at the record store and label that. I realized that it's it's a tangible thing and you can do it on your own. Like you don't need to wait around for these record labels to buy your soul to put out a record like you can go and do it yourself. Right now, I I saw an interview with uh, Jack White of the White Stripes and he has his own pressing plant and he's saying he's like five to six months behind on orders because there's not that many pressing plants out there. And you said, you know, a little bit about that. So what are you? seen from your clients are is it really like five to six months behind from when you send that order in and when they receive their album yeah it I, I mean as far as pressing records it used to like a few months ago it used to be 12 months like if you wanted your record pressed in in your hands you you better have sent us the music a year in advance like that's how it was and i don't know if it's gotten extremely better but i've been I've been hearing it's getting sort of better. Turnaround time's getting um, a little shorter, um, but unfortunately it's, you know, it's still going to be like a few months wait. Right. But luckily for what we were doing, 
um, what we're going to do, it's a small express run of vinyl. And this pressing plant specifically works with small runs. So everything gets pushed out pretty quick. So hopefully that isn't a big fork in the road for us, but it's. So is this pressing plant in the United States or is it out of out of country? Um, it's, it's, it's the Czech Republic, I believe, okay. like everything, you know, yeah. um, I think it might be the plant I, and I might be completely screwing this up because I'm not like too well versed on what the plant names are, but it's like GZ media. Um, they, I know they do a lot of like Gilead stuff too. It's just like a huge facility that does a bunch of pressings. So cool. So hopefully anybody interested in getting their own record press just know that it's going to be many many months for that turnaround <laughs> yeah if you can find a good spot i know there's places in minnesota kind of maybe opening there's presses kind of sprouting up because of this so hopefully in the near future it won't be awful but that's as long as the uh the pvc is still available right right if you don't have the material you can't press them so yeah and if anybody's interested out there um there are multiple youtube videos out there showing how it goes from being a, a puck basically uh the material that the record's made out of into what you get you know in your hands you know months and months later it's actually a really cool process as we're finishing this up what gigs have you been a part of that has made an impression on you and why i mean you know it could either be you as in you know someone there performing or as an audience member or even if you have a story for both um gosh yeah uh there's been there's been a few um i think early on when i was when i was growing up i think one of the cooler shows i saw was this hardcore gig um i think the band was harm's way oh and there's this other milwaukee hardcore band that played it was at the borg ward and it was i think it was the first show i was ever like scared to be at and I'm not like a small person um, and I, I don't, I like skate and stuff. So I, I think I can handle like injury, but when I was there, it was a whole nother level of intensity that was like really intimidating, but it was really cool. And um, those were some of the, that was one of the defining shows that was like, man, like if you're going to play a show, you better play the, play the damn show. Like, yeah. don't just stand there. Um, like make people feel something. Um, and then another time, a uh, local band or used to be a local band called Meat Jelly. Um, I'm friends with their lead singer and uh, guitarist. Well, actually the whole band, but um, when they performed, that was a defining moment where just seeing somebody really get into their performance and really feel their, uh, the, the music they made. like it, it kind of was like, you know, that exists. And I, I feel like not to talk so negatively about um, like popular music, but sometimes you see these people who are, who are these, you know, renowned performers and it doesn't seem like they're involved <laughs> or engaged in yeah. it themselves. And it's kind of like, man. Um, but yeah, that's why I like watching a lot of these local bands, like people who actually give a shit about what they're doing. Um, getting into it and you know letting the energy just fly so that I, oc's concert i saw with my friend ian that that band's just like incredible um but yeah dude 
uh, and a few times uh, recently, we've played a couple of shows with uh, Kenny Hoopla, this um, a performer from our area. And uh, he's just one of the real kind of performers who's like doing it and putting everything out on the table um, every night because, you know, he's got to like, that's what he, that's yeah. what he does. And that's what keeps him around. So like easily one of the most inspirational people we've gotten to perform with and um, speak with. And it really lit a fire under my ass to kind of give it all I have. So yeah, all those moments kind of culminate in what we believe in and kind of how we go about it. It's great to get in, inspired like that. Cause it just pushes you to that next level. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that I haven't covered with you yet that you wanted to talk about? No, I think I think we got everything. I mean, other than uh, yeah, if you if you care to listen to the new record, it's available in the most places, Bandcamp. But yeah, that's that's about it. Check it out if you want to listen to some rock music. And we can put some of those songs on the podcast for the listeners to hear if you want to pick like two or three. Oh, for sure. Um, and if you want to tell a little story between, uh, behind each one of those, um, the, the mic is yours. All right. Yeah. So I guess if I were to pick a couple songs here, um, I think I will say uh, the first two songs of the album, because I feel like it encapsulates kind of what we're about um, making sense. And we all come from the same pit. Uh, making sense is kind of just like a fun uh, light kind of indie punk i don't even i'm not even going to keep on adding genres to that but um <laughs> um it's just a nice it's a nice rock tune uh, but it has very kind of like introspective thinking about yourself kind of lyrics um and yeah it, it's a good intro to i think should be
then the second song, We All Come From The Same Pit, the title track of the album um, is just a kind of face melting punk song um, that ends with a slam. I think it's an easy way to put it. Okay. you have a third one that you'd like to choose oh let's do the single let me see for those prog fans out there for those uh um kind of sabbath fans <laughs> awesome
thank you so much for being on the Wisconsin Music Podcast. It was a pleasure meeting you and hearing about your music and, you know, the journey you've gone, you know, gone on so far. Yeah, thank you, man. Thanks for having me. Much appreciated and have a great night. You as well. More great conversation with Wisconsin artists. Thoroughly enjoyed talking to Parker about um, all the things that he's been involved with over the years and continuing to be successful in the Wisconsin scene. I'd like to thank Fox Cities Indie Radio for replaying these episodes every Thursday at 6 p.m. and Sundays at 3 p.m. So uh, go and support local radio stations that are supporting local music in the area. Well, everyone, I hope you have a great week, and we'll see you next time. Thanks a lot for listening. (laughs) 